0: from Machine Buddhist perspective, and then talk about in-depth points that delve more deeply into the doctrine of this tradition. My name is Takashi Miyagi, and I'll be your host. Let's get started. started with the uh, first segment of this show. Today's question is, what is the Jodo Shinshu take on capital punishment? Um, So of course, um, what I'm about to say is uh, my opinion and my opinion only. I don't speak for any Jodo Shinshu organization, um, so I just kind of wanted to be um, clear about that. But to begin with, in Shin Buddhism, the framework of uh, good versus evil, right versus wrong, you know i think it's is kind of misleading both good and evil are based on what we call blind passions or attachments so i'd like to kind of give a concrete example of this in the normal way of looking at things everything is or should be black and white we want things to be black and white right and it's clear it's easy we can package things into nice little categories this is good this is bad this is right this is wrong etc etc and our worldview sets the parameters to look at things as, as black and white. But Buddhism's, Buddhism says that that's unrealistic. In fact, Buddhism says that everything is gray. And that's to say that not everything can be packaged into these nice categories of black and white, left and right, right and wrong, good and bad, etc., etc. Shin Buddhism says that when we understand this point that everything is gray, then we can discuss and set the line between black and white, right and wrong, good and bad, left and right. But when we do, we should always kind of keep in mind that we all come from and are the same gray first. So what that means that in concrete terms is that for example, when it comes to like judicial punitive measures in our court systems, that we take measures that seek rehabilitation over draconian uh, measures of punishment. We don't punish for the sake of punishment. You know that's that's just sadistic. Our current prison system is just that. We don't seek to rehabilitate, we kinda seek to just punish. And take for example capital punishment. In whatever heinous crime that has been committed, let's say it's a murder, um, as a society I think we should reconsider whether it's okay for us to commit the same heinous act that that very person committed. And there's there's this Hammurabi policy of uh, an eye for an eye, right? Uh, But is that approach, is that really an approach that provides honest reflection of one's actions for both parties? So um, I'd like to give another example, and this is um, uh, kind of a Grotesque uh, example, and so if you could just bear with me for a second here, but um, for example, let's say um, Someone rapes someone okay person a rapes person B. Okay Um, Is it okay for us then to say that as a form of punishment we can rape person a No, I think everybody will find that pretty uh, absurd and uh, very um, I don't even know what the right word is grotesque or heinous right and so in the same fashion then why is it then if a person A kills person B why is it okay for us to kill person A and there's this uh, you know the common phrase cruel and unusual punishment that's used right um, but uh, so you know obviously this rape as a form of punishment would be categorized as cruel and unusual punishment, but oddly enough killing the person that killed is not considered cruel and unusual punishment, and I just find that very peculiar. Why is that the case? Um, that uh, we feel we are justified in saying that we can kill someone who has Killed, right? Um, so I, I, just as a society, it doesn't make sense. And coming at it from a Jodo Shinshu perspective too, as well, um, I, I'm not sure this is something that we can get behind uh, in terms of capital punishment. Um, another example is Honin Shonin, who is uh, Shinran Shonin's teacher of uh, you know Pure Land Buddhism, as you all know. Um, there's a famous you know episode in his life. Where his father Honen's father is killed, right? And because he was a government official, and so he was assassinated essentially. And when, as he was lying there dying, um, then Honen uh, he tells Honen, who is a young boy at this time, "Don't seek uh, my revenge, you know. Uh, Don't seek the person that killed me. I want you to find uh, a better way and go the Buddhist path." instead of trying to find my killer and killing that person because what's going to end up happening is that the person that you killed son is going to come after you and come to kill you and then uh, your son is going to go and after that person to kill that person and the vicious cycle will never end it'll just be ongoing over and over again so um, cut it right now at its roots and just go straight to the Buddha Dharma instead of seeking my revenge. And so that's a famous story uh, that, um, that, that uh, takes place in Honen Shoni's life and a lot of uh, uh, Pure Land Buddhists know of this story. And I think that that's something that we should take into consideration when we think about uh, uh, forms of punishment. In terms of you know capital punishment and uh, how we carry out uh, our judicial system because I think currently right now um, you know when you look at the prison industrial complex as well you know there um, a lot of the measures that are taken it's always to inflict punishment it's always to point the finger and, and say he's the bad guy that's the guy that's the bad guy you know I'm starting to I um, I'm starting to recall that episode from Scarface, which I love. Um, you know, where we, we want to point the finger at someone and say that's the bad guy. You know, that's the guy that we need to take down, right? But the whole time, we need to be asking ourselves: Is it always really clearly black and white who the good guy is and who the bad guy is? Right? Um, it, do we not have to feel this need? to perhaps look at ourselves and see whether what we're doing is absolutely justified or not. You know, we we go around and say that a lot of these other countries are third-world or that they're so vicious towards other neighboring countries. But, you know, guess who's making billions of dollars, you know, selling arms? You know, it's, it's the US, it's us, you know, so there's a lot of things that, you know, we need to uh, be concerned about. And a lot of those things are that we need to be concerned about are you know our actions you know on a personal level myself am I really all that great that I'm making myself out to be you know are things really black and white I think these are questions that the Jodo Shinshu teaching and Shinran Shonin is prompting within us and, and getting us to ask about ourselves the world is not black and white the world is not does not fit in these cookie cutter little stencils that we want it to be. That we need to look at ourselves and think about what our actions are before we start pointing the fingers, uh, pointing the finger at other people. Our current approach to drug offenders, this is another example, is to punish and instill fear rather than to promote rehabilitation. And is this a society? Is this a society that that we want to have? A society that does not believe in second chances. A society that says that the world is black and white and only black and white when it really isn't. A society that does not promote compassion for others. So when it comes to capital punishment, I'm suggesting that we should be against it. Why? Well because it doesn't allow the person to reflect and then come to a possible understanding that what he or she did was wrong and then seek the guidance of the buddha dharma now of course i'm not trying to paint a rosy picture here that all serial killers are going to somehow miraculously miraculously uh, you know come to repent their ways and seek the buddha dharma right but what gives i mean my question is what gives us the right to decide this person's death what gives us the right to kill because he killed and how are those two things related And don't get me wrong, if if someone kills my family, I'm gonna hunt that person down and probably take revenge, right? Who knows what my rage, anger, and anguish will bring about. But as a society, though, as a people, is this the right approach? When we say we can kill the person who killed, we would probably say that we did it because of justice, right? And I don't know what is more ignorant at this point, right? The person who killed, or the society that killed and felt self-righteous about it, thus showing our willful ignorance and pride in ourselves. Shin Buddhists should be wary the most with uh, this idea of self-righteousness because this is the pinnacle of ignorance. When we are absolutely sure of ourselves, we deny the truth that we act based on our blind passions. So to conclude this segment before, you know, I start digressing and start to talk passionately about uh, related topics, uh, I will say that we are against capital punishment. Second segment of this show where we're going to talk about doctrinal points. Um, Today we're going to continue on with the issue of doubt and uh, we've been talking about a number of different synonymous terms with doubt and doubt isn't just simply to um, uh, be doubtful towards the Buddha Dharma but it also means other things uh, such as self power or uh, the belief in karmic currency or human calculation and or human rationality and reasoning, um, and today what I'm going to talk about um, are a few different points uh, which are kind of related, loosely related with each other. The first one is uh, the the term futagokoro, and the way that it's written is two hearts, futatsu no kokoro, right? Two hearts. Uh, so futagokoro, and then the other one is uh, yu-yo, which, is, uh, which means to waver in, in, in your heart. Your heart wavers. And um, basically what this means is that you're not sure, and to not be sure is a form of doubt. Um, and to not be sure, in other words, when we have moments where, where we are sure, and then we have moments where we're not sure. Uh, about you know the Buddha Dharma and about Amida Buddha's compassion, and this kind of taking a place where we kind of waver between one side and the next. Um, this is uh, based on the premise of human calculation, and therefore it is not Shinjin. Um, it's it's um, um, when when you have moments where you are sure, and you have moments where you're not sure. That means that the moments where you are sure, this is your human calculation that's acting, right? Uh, and then, well, it also when you have moments where you're not sure, this is also your human calculation that's that's prompting this. Um, so that means that it's not Xinjing. And Xinjiang is not um, belief per se. Uh, it's not belief in the sense that it is not on the part of the practitioner to believe. Um, there is no active belief there is only this moment of awakening. So it's kind of like um, if you can imagine uh, light flashing into a room and then seeing the room as it is. Uh, So if you can imagine that you're in a really pitch black room and you can't see anything inside of that room, but when the blinds of that room are are folded up, or the curtains are, are put aside, right? There's light that comes in from the outside and that instantaneously, lights up the room and when that when the light shines within the room you can see everything within that room as it is right the different let's say furniture that's in that room you could see your own body within that room right you could even see the dust particles that are in that room and um, you know let's say let's say you had for the sake of argument you had a flashlight and with that flashlight you can look within that room and see a few things right but nothing compares to the sunlight that comes from outside. The flashlight is not going to compare to that sunlight. And what that flashlight um, is, is uh, a metaphor for is your own human calculation. The human mind that tries to think of ways to uh, attain enlightenment. right? And so the, your, your self power essentially is what being, what's being discussed here and the self power does not match up to uh, the light that comes from outside of the room. The light has to come from outside of yourself. So it has to be tariki the other power that uh, shows you uh, your true nature of yourself, right? And so belief then is not or shinjin then is not belief on the part of the individual saying oh i believe i believe in truth i believe in Amida Buddha's wisdom and compassion rather it's an awakening it's an awakening to the world of great wisdom and compassion a world that is much more than just you right a a world that embraces all beings Uh, and another example when you see the phenomenon of lightning and you see it and it's awesome power, right? There's no coming back from that, right? Well, you don't go, well, does it really exist? Or was it like some kind of faulty electrical wiring or were my eyes playing tricks on me? When you see lightning, right, you know what it is and you know how to explain it or you know uh, that you experienced it, right? In the same way, when you awaken to the world of great compassion, the moment in which we understand there is a reality that is much more than just me uh, that's the moment uh, that we w- there is an awakening or really uh, a realization, um, and it's not an active belief on your part, and that's a big difference between Shinjing and I would say uh, the term faith. Um, I'm uh, you know def- looking at the word faith from a general you know. Uh, general English speaking perspective, right, uh, that faith means that you have to believe, right? But Xinjiang is not actual belief on the part of the individual per se. It is a moment of awakening to the reality of truth, right? And that, um, And so that moment is where there is a reality that is warm and embracing, that incorporates all beings and not just me. And there is no coming back from that. Once, once that occurs, right? So so doubt is synonymous with the ideas of two hearts or wavering mind. And basically what these two terms uh, are trying to get at is this idea that um, you think that shinjin means for you to believe, that you have to actively believe. But when you define it in that way, it means that you have moments where you believe and you have moments where you don't believe. Um, and that is not possible uh, in terms of Xinjing. Xinjiang is the awakening to a greater reality. And once that occurs, there is no coming back from that. So there's uh, one last thing that I kind of wanted to talk about um, on regarding this issue of doubt is that um, there there are two kinds of doubts, okay? There's one doubt as a form of blind passion, and there's one that's doubt Um, that's directed towards Amida Buddha's primal vow or the Buddha's wisdom so um, there are two kinds of doubt okay one that's a form of blind passion and another that's specifically towards the primal vow or the Buddha's wisdom one of these can get negated the other one doesn't Um, something like doubting your friends trust or um, uh, doubting uh, that the sun is going to come up tomorrow, or you know these kinds of everyday kind of doubts that you might have or harbor it within your heart. This this is a form of um, blind passion. You know that kind of doubt um, is as a form of blind passion will not go away. Whereas doubt towards the primal vow or the Buddha's wisdom can be negated. And this is what Shin'an is trying. He Shinran makes a very specific different uh, differentiation between um, these two forms of doubt. Doubt as a blind passion will not be negated. Blind passions do not does cannot be be negated uh, in terms of Shin'an's thinking until the end of your life, right? And that is why we are a bonbu. But doubt in terms of uh, 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 doubting the Amida Buddha's primal vow, or the Buddha's wisdom, this is what can get negated. And then the negation of this is Xinjing. And so um, so then the, the question becomes, or the, the issue then becomes, that doubt is, has a very specific object in mind. What is being doubted is Amida Buddha's primal vow, in other words, the Buddha's wisdom. And this is the doubt that becomes negated right um, and so in Japanese uh, this is called hongan giwaku Hongan being the primal vowel giwaku means doubt butchi giwaku butchi means the Buddha's wisdom giwaku means doubt and these are the two forms of or um, they, these forms of doubt can be negated or, and they are negated um, but any other form form of doubting is a blind passion. So that's a very very distinct point um, that that Shoning Shonin is trying to draw and that I'm hoping um, that the listener would uh, kind of take this into account. Um, so the negation of uh, doubt towards the primal vow or doubt towards the Buddha's wisdom is the affirmation of Shinjing. The moment of Shinjing uh, is the moment in which the doubt towards the efficacy of the hom- of the primal vow, or the Buddha's wisdom, is uh, negated. So, um, doubt is the opposite of shinji essentially. It has many meanings, uh, but all of them have one common denominator. It is to think that Amida Buddha's vow power is in some way not enough. For one to attain birth in the Pure Land, it's to think that one should supplement uh, the Buddha's power in some way or another. Because it is absolutely incomprehensible how only Amita Buddha's other power is the only reason why one can attain enlightenment. Um, you know, so our ne- our normal way of thinking, our human calculative way of thinking, is to think that you know this this teaching it's so unbelievable, right? and it's so easy right that this this can't be what buddhism is talking about that this can't be possible like there has to be something that we need to do you know in order to prove ourselves worthy of being born in the pure land or prove ourselves to be worthy of attaining enlightenment So uh, we have to, you know, say Nembutsu like 10,000 times a day or we got to go make pilgrimages to all the Buddhist temples throughout the country, you know, over and over again. Or we got to live as hermits up in the mountains or as mendicant monks and and subject ourselves to a very strict uh, uh, regimented uh, lifestyle. But um, that is not the case, right? And... um, and if we believe that amida buddha's teaching of a path to spiritual liberation for all sentient being is needs to be supplemented somehow through our own efforts then that is this idea of doubt taking place where we think like i mentioned this before but like 50% my power, self power, right? 50% Amida Buddha's other power, or 75 25. It's got to be some kind of like, you know, um, uh, uh, cooperation between me and Amida Buddha's power, right? But in Shinjin, or in Shinshu Buddhism, in Jodo Shinshu, there is this phrase, Zenbun Tariki, which means absolutely all Tariki, uh, only other power. And one has to simply rely on this other power. And when we find this teaching to be unbelievable, to be um, ridiculous, ludicrous, absurd, that is what Shina Shonin is referring to as doubt. But the kicker to this is that Shinan Shonin is not saying you gotta get over it man, you gotta just believe. Right? He's not saying that, he's saying use that doubt to prompt you to seek the Buddhist way to to prompt you to understand the Buddhist path. Use that doubt. Uh, Doubt the Buddha's wisdom, doubt uh, all of uh, the the primal vow because that will be the driving force that will get you to eventually understand um, that all you need is other power and that all you have to do is to entrust yourself completely to other power. So I think, um, you know, doubt is a really overlooked term in in terms of Jolie Shinshu Buddhism, I think we need to kind of emphasize it more. Although I must say that I do understand why um, people kind of tend to shy away from talking about this, you know, it, it does sound like, you know, when we talk about this issue that we're saying, you know, you got to make a leap of faith, you got to just believe, man, you're not, you're not, you're not believing enough, you got to believe in this, you know, and so I see why people um, shy away from talking about this issue, but if you look at it from a, a In a um, I don't know. I, I don't know if objective is the right word But if you look at it in a much more cool and calm way um, Then we can see that you know doubt is a very involved term and that when we understand what How she shoning is defining this term and all of the related terms and how they're interconnected with each other then we can see Um, just how dense the issue of Xinjing is, and just how much Xinjing is this core um, uh, teaching to Xindan's understanding of the Pure Land Path. And so uh, with that, uh, we are done with the issue of doubt. And starting from the next episode, we will uh, look into uh, other aspects of Xindan Shonin's thinking. That'll do it for us today in another episode of No Doubt. Um, Today what we discussed in the first uh, segment was what is the Jodo Shinshu stance on capital punishment to which I believe in my humble opinion that uh, we should be against capital punishment. And in the second segment we talked about no doubt as two minds Futagokoro or uh, the wavering mind Yuyo as well as what doubt is directed towards doubt is directed towards Amida Buddha's primal vow, as well as the Buddha's wisdom. Thank you for tuning in today to another episode of No Doubt. I'm your host, Takashi Miyaji. As the Master Shandao states, may we together awaken the Bodhi mind and be born in the realm of serenity and joy. End quote. Take care, Dharma friends. Until next time, Namo Amida.